Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Tuesday, June 15th, 2021. I was spending a little time yesterday evening at the local cannabis club with my favorite bud tender, an almsbudsman, <laughs> and she was telling me about how businesses are seeing a labor shortage, not a job shortage. There are help-wanted signs everywhere, but service and hospitality businesses are having trouble attracting employees back to work. And the economic rebound is being hamstrung by it. If you want to go to the local diner and spend money on lunch, but they don't have the staff to be open for lunch, you might opt for the PB&J at home. And that scenario is being carried out everywhere. Want to buy a car, but there are none due to a chip shortage? Want to buy a house, but no one is selling? The list goes on. Good LOs are good at adapting to different economic conditions and helping their clients, sometimes in clever ways. Speaking of which, today's podcast includes an interview with Rob Chrisman without whom there would be no podcast. In addition to that, we have some mergers and acquisitions to go through, as well as some thoughts heading into day one of the Fed's meeting in Washington. Today's podcast is sponsored by Symmetry Lending, the mortgage industry's HELOC experts. With a dedicated focus on piggyback and standalone HELOCs, Symmetry brings a valuable tool to every mortgage broker and banker. The Symmetry HELOC provides loan originators with a product that perfectly complements their first mortgage following agency guidelines with minimal overlays. And best of all, originators can enjoy Symmetry's HELOC as a solution to retain control of their customer relationships. Yikes. Thinking about the legal paperwork on this one makes my head spin. Out of Pennsylvania comes news that New Res LLC has formed its newest joint venture, mortgage company, Coast One Mortgage LLC, in partnership with Schmidt Family of Companies. A family-owned, full-service real estate brokerage firm currently operating under the brands of Caldwell Banker, Sotheby's International Realty, and Century 21. Schmidt Family of Companies operates over 90 real estate offices with 2,000 agents across Upper and Lower Western Michigan, both coasts of Florida, Northeast Ohio, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. 2020 sales volume was $4.75 billion with 19,603 transactions. Coast One Mortgage is headquartered in Cleveland, but serving borrowers in Ohio, Michigan, and Florida with plans to expand to other states. Coast One Mortgage will operate under the leadership of Marty Garrity, who will transition from his current role as a new res regional sales manager to joint venture president upon launch. The launch of Coast One Mortgage marks a meaningful milestone for new res, making its 19th joint venture partnership under the portfolio of Shelter Mortgage Company, LLC, the new res business division focused on joint venture lending. Shelter has LOs across the country with JV and partner relationships in over 30 states. Separately, who says non-depository lenders never buy banks? Cornerstone Home Lending has signed a definitive agreement to acquire the Roscoe State Bank of Roscoe, Texas. These two family-owned companies will combine to create an organization holding approximately $2 billion in assets and more than $300 million in equity capital. Cornerstone's fine reputation is well-known, with over 430,000 home financing transactions in 39 states and 1,900 team members. The Roscoe State Bank boasts 115 years of exceptional service to Texans in Roscoe, Sweetwater, and Bastrop, with the last 46 years of successful operations and service under the leadership of Clyde Jay and current chairman and CEO, John Jay. Time for that Rob Chrisman interview I mentioned at the start. The you chewing almonds in the background? This is our 100th episode. The people are supposed to be impressed. First of all, I want to congratulate you on your hundredth podcast, which I understand is today's, and I'm honored to be a, a guest on that. And I think the 
the fact that this is your 100th podcast demonstrates a lot of consistency and a lot of situativeness, which when you look around our industry, a lot of successful companies and successful originators and successful underwriters and just successful people have the ability to do something well and do something consistently day in and day out and be relied upon to do that, I think goes a long way to their success. So congratulations on that. Thank you. My my dream was always to be a loan officer, but I was told I was never smart enough. So here we are podcasting. It's uh, It's been all right. Well, <laughs> there's all ranges of, of loan officers out there. I'll tell you, some of them are very, very bright. And some of them make up for a lack of brightness with their aggression and marketing skills. True. What are you going to ask me? It seems like we're kind of in the doldrums of summer. What are you hearing out there about rates, about what's going on in the secondary markets, what's going on 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 the lips of lenders, whether it's inflation is still in the news or Fannie and Freddie reform or people are just excited to start doing in-person conferences? What's chatter like? There are a couple different things that are going on out there. The first is, yes, I would say that people are excited about in-person conferences again. Some organizations have had a few already in 2021. In August, it really picks up. And in September, it picks up more. In October, it picks up even more. And then, as typically happens, it dies down in November. But it's nice to see the people seeing one another again after over a year of not seeing one another Mortgage bankers are a relatively close-knit bunch, and even though you may be competing with the person sitting next to you, the odds are that you're friends with them, and in many cases, I've known them for decades. And so to see people reunited like that is very nice. Another thing that is on the minds of folks is, of course, interest rates, and Interest rates have not yet gone up like many thought they would. In fact, they've stayed relatively low, and you can still find financing if you're a borrower for less than 3% for a 30-year fixed if you meet certain criteria. So the rate environment is actually good and continues to be good. It has not gone up, as I said, like many experts thought it would. Now, that's not to say that it won't go up if the economy starts to chug along. But that said, one of the reasons that the economy is not chugging along as well as it should is because there's a labor shortage out there. There's not a job shortage, there's a labor shortage. And a lot of people in the service industry and hospitality industry are having trouble finding employees. So it's an unusual situation. The other thing that's going on with the economy especially in terms of housing and lending, is a continued shortage of inventory. And I haven't heard of any area that's uh, rectifying that. There continues to be a shortage of inventory in many places. So listeners need to remember that when they see existing home sales, new home sales, and so forth, especially existing home sales and price values, it's still an inventory-driven market. And that is expected to continue throughout 2021. And the third thing I receive a lot of emails about is the 
shrinking footprint of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, driven primarily by the FHFA, which is directed by Mark Calabria. And the industry is waiting for the Supreme Court case known as Collins, in which the Supreme Court will weigh in on whether or not a director like Calabria can be replaced. And if that comes through, as many in the industry hope it does, the Biden administration will probably promptly uh, ask Director Calabria to leave and put in somebody in his place. Now, that could have several ramifications, but it is hoped that the FHFA stops with some of the moves that they've been making over the last several months and either retracts them or postpones them. Because right now, Mark Calabria has been, he's made it clear that his goal is to release Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac from conservatorship. They have a long way to go for that. And it's almost as if it's a death by a thousand cuts in terms of we are going to change the amount you can sell to the window. We are going to change the guarantee fees. We are going to change the DU and LP structure. We are going to change the percent that of non-owner and second homes that you can sell to us and so forth. So what this has served to do is, is certainly help Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's bottom line, but it's at the expense of a lot of lenders and a lot of borrowers that are out there. So those are the three things that I'm hearing about. So I want to transition and talk about your daily newsletter, which now is, is going on over a decade and a half of you writing it. Each day, it's over 2,000 words. Normally, it'll start with the opening paragraph of, of random something that's related to the mortgage industry, and you'll tie it in, and then you'll do the, the latest on employment opportunities, then you'll do broker and lender products and services, then maybe you'll have some agency news or disaster news in the capital markets section, and, and you wrap it up with a joke. How do you decide what actually makes the cut each day? I try to put myself in the shoes of my readers and what they would care about or not care about. There's a tremendous amount of minutia out there that goes on in our industry. We've got you know, hundreds of thousands of people who are involved in lending of various, various shapes and sizes, types. And some news that comes out impacts a wider swath of people and some news that happens impacts a very narrow band of people. The trick is to see what the trends are that are out there. And when news comes along that impacts those trends, then it makes sense to publish. So for example, a merger or acquisition a, a joint venture, something like that that's newsworthy, I will publish the following day. Other things where, say, investors might change some guidelines or one of the agencies might change something, depending on how important that is, I'll publish it the next day. But generally, I try to group news from FHA and VA changes and Ginny May together or conventional changes together or I will put upcoming events 
together so that readers can say, oh, look, here's you know Monday, and I want to check out all the events that are coming out over the next week or two. So they have a place to go where they can keep things in context and they can see all of the events that might be coming out or coming up that might impact them or their job or their companies. So the relevancy of the news is definitely based on how many people it may impact and how important it is to know that news right away. If a change is made and that change doesn't place doesn't take place until August 1st, well, the, the time essence, the time importance is diminished. Whereas if something takes place immediately, like Fannie Mae raising guarantee fees, which impact lenders and impact borrowers and impact locked pipelines that day or the next day, something like that is important. And I'll put that out that, that same day. And finally, as I mentioned, and you also mentioned, today is our 100th podcast, but it's still a relatively new thing considering it's a daily thing. It's only been going on since February. And that's been one way that we've grown the Chrisman LLC brand, the commentaries brand. I know you've mentioned some other things like Myrtle's Marvelous Mortgagees of March or some sort of award system. Uh, maybe maybe updating the format on the newsletter so it doesn't look so much like a 1990s phone book, you know, even if that appeals to the majority of employees in this industry. Any plans for growing the brand further, expanding? What, what's on the horizon, staying on the cutting edge of things? I've, I've never been accused of being on the cutting edge of anything. So who'd <laughs> want to start that now? The, I think the, the brand, as, as you put it, I think the appeal of of what we produce on a daily basis is the content and the relevance of the news. And for us to venture down some other path, like an awards where companies or originators pay to have their name in there or something like that, it doesn't really appeal to me. And I think that, that readers or listeners like the fact that they can go through the commentary or listen to the commentary or listen to you talk about the commentary and find things that apply to them or apply to their borrower and not have a lot of fluff. And I think until somebody really convinces me otherwise, I think that's, that's our sweet spot. There's not a lot of flash. There's not a lot of pizzazz. There's not a lot of extra fluff that people have to wade through. There are not a lot of links to click to get the news that they need that they can help their borrowers with. And so I think as long as we continue to be relevant and continue to give readers and listeners information that they may not have heard that they can use that can help their clients, I think that's the the spot we want to continue to occupy. And maybe we shouldn't air this, but I will ask you, why do you think people come up to you and with a, a pride in their voice say, well, I only read the opening paragraph and the joke, or maybe the opening paragraph in the capital market section and the joke, like it's, it's something that, that you would like? I think that many people in mortgage banking or any occupation, if they're good at what they do, 
there's a certain amount of ego there or a certain amount of uh, a feeling that they know more than I do. And I'm sure that they know more than I do about their job or, or an underwriter knows more about underwriting criteria than I'll ever know. And I'm, I'm positive of that, but I don't send the commentary out for those people. The commentary goes out for somebody who may not have a job. They may be looking for a job. So I receive an equal number of people who come up to me and say, you know, I saw a job ad in your commentary four years ago and I applied and, and I, I've been there ever since and I love it and I'm able to, you know, support my family through it. Or a company is looking for a new origination system or a way of monitoring their subservicer or some kind of process that they're lacking and they see an ad in my commentary and they read that ad and are able to use that product or use that service. I think that's what the commentary is for to help people like that. And then help people just get a grasp of what's going on around the industry with different investors. So people will indeed come up to me and say, great opening paragraph. Sometimes I like the joke. Sometimes it sinks. And that's all I look at. And I think, well, that's fine. They can do that. They, they, they don't have to read it at all. But like I said, if somebody's out of a job, if somebody's looking, looking for a new subservicer, if somebody is trying to figure out what, what the trends are with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac or FHA and VA or what Ginnie Mae is doing or what interest rates are doing, and this provides them a 90-second or a three-minute read on, on any of that, and I help them help their client, then it's all worthwhile. And people can come up to me and say whatever they like. Thanks for taking the time. 100 episodes. Let's, uh, let's celebrate by, by getting some new fancy feast for Myrtle. I like that idea. Congratulations again. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Wide rates go up to open the week? No reason in particular. Sometimes there are more buyers than sellers, and sometimes there are more sellers than buyers. The latter happened yesterday, causing bond prices to go down and rates up. Attention now turns to the two days of Federal Reserve meetings that are about to get underway in Washington. With the rate decision in minutes tomorrow afternoon, the market will be looking closely for any additional clues or changes in the wording and the projections for future interest rates. The expectation is that Fed Chair Powell will reiterate that elevated inflation figures are temporary as the economy recovers from the pandemic. Keep in mind that U.S. economic data continues to support the ongoing narrative of elevated demand bumping up against limited supply, eventually leading to inflation. Consumers have pent up demand for the goods and services they did without in 2020 and are supported by fiscal and monetary policies that are likely to remain in place through the remainder of the year. The Federal Reserve is not expected to announce any major changes to the Fed funds rate following its meeting this week, but the markets are looking for guidance on when the committee may begin scaling back special programs and asset purchases as the first phase of tightening. Consumer inflation was up 5.0% over the last 12 months with energy, used cars, and transportation costs driving the headline higher. Meanwhile, Unemployment claims continued to trend lower, reaching a post-pandemic low of 376,000. In total, over 15 million people were receiving some sort of unemployment insurance for the week ending May 22nd. In addition to Fed noise, today's busy economic calendar has market-moving potential. The Mortgage Bankers Association's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by 12 basis points to 4.04% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week as of June 6th. According to MBA's estimate, 2 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. We've also received May retail sales, down 1.3%, PPI, 
up 0.8%, with the core up 0.7%, and June Empire Manufacturing, in at 17.4%. Later this morning brings Redbook same-store sales for the week ending June 12th, industrial production and capacity utilization, April business inventories, and the NAHB housing market index for June. In terms of the demand for what we're originating, today's schedule sees the New York desk conducting two operations targeting up to $4.1 billion of conventionals. We begin the day with agency MBS prices nearly unchanged from Monday, and the 10-year yielding 1.49% after closing yesterday at 1.50%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I decided to stop calling the bathroom the John and rename it the gym. I feel so much better saying I went to the gym in the morning. <laughs> Thank you again to Symmetry Lending, the HELOC specialist that prioritizes service, speed, and simplicity to help loan originators be more competitive, close more loans, and retain their customers. To learn more about Symmetry's HELOC, visit symmetrylending.com and click on Knowledge Center. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.